welcome back to How to Buy a Kitchen or Bathroom, the podcast. I am Lindsay Blair. I am your host, the editor of these3rooms.com and Kitchens, Bedrooms and Bathrooms magazine. I do hope you're enjoying this series and have picked up lots of tips and design tricks to take into your own project. So far this series, I have looked at buying secondhand kitchens. Yes, really. Cloakrooms, small kitchens and inclusive bathrooms and so much more on top. So do make sure you tune into any that you have missed. Just go back and see what we've been chatting about. Now today, as we near the end of series three, I have a great guest on to talk about all the things you should remember when choosing your appliances for your brand new kitchen and how you can make sure you get the kit in your kitchen that you actually really need and will use rather than being lured in by gadgets you probably won't use. We've all been there, trust me. Those fancy do-everything glossy appliances are very, very, very tempting. You'll likely know my guest this episode from the telly, more specifically from Sunday morning viewing on Channel 4's Sunday brunch. So can you guess who it is? Well, let's get him on the line, shall we, and find out. Hello and welcome to the podcast to Simon Rimmer, chef, TV host, and today here to tell us all about how to find the appliances we really, truly need in our kitchens. Hello, Simon. How are you doing? I'm very good. How are you? I'm not so bad. Thank you very much. I'm actually sitting in my kitchen, just so you know, uh, which is where I spend, obviously, the vast majority of my life. And I think most of us do, really. I think so. Now more than ever, really. Now, tell, tell me about your kitchen. Is it open plan? What's going on there? Well, it is. I mean, basically, where, where I sit, I, like a lot of people, um, it's a little extension on the back of my house. And what used to be a garden shed has now been linked into the rest of the house. So it's actually brilliant. It's it, it, gen, genuinely, I think it's the best designed kitchen that I've ever done. I think for many, many years of making mistakes. So, so it's kind of galley style but not skinny galley, if you know what I mean. So there's enough room to move around. And then I've got I've got Hoover appliances out there. I work with Hoover and everything I've got here is theirs. I've got an induction hob. Uh, I've got good, strong uh, extraction. I've got a fantastic oven. And then equally close by, I've got my dishwasher. Then I've got Central Island, which I, I'll talk more about that as it goes on because I'm, I'm quite obsessed with Central Islands now. So it works. It, it functions, really. I think that that's the, the biggest thing about it. It works as a place to both work and entertain. Well, that sounds great. And I'm sure we'll get into more detail because... I wanted to talk to you today for today's topic, which is all about choosing appliances. And I thought, actually, as a chef, you probably spend more time in kitchens than many other people. And as you say, you spend a lot of time in your kitchen at home as well. So I guess you really have worked out what appliances are truly worth their salt over the years. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I think you can go crazy. Um, you know, I think if ever you go into a, a kitchen showroom, then obviously, you know, they have those beautiful setups and they've got a gazillion appliances in there as well. So I think you have to look at what do you, what do you really do? You know, be, be honest about it or equally, what do you really need? And then what do you really want? Cause again, you know, we, we live in a world where we like pretty things. So, I mean, let, let's be honest, what you need, you need, a, you need a good, you need a good stove, you need a good stove with good flexibility. Um, so I, I've got induction. I, I resisted induction for years and years and years. Um, and then when I moved into this house, 
um, then there was no gas for applied smoke. Right, you know what? I'm going to bite the bullet. And I'm now quite obsessed with um, induction to the point that I opened a new restaurant at the end of June and we'll go in full induction in that, which is the first one. I've got 19 restaurants and this will be the first one that is going to be fully in, in induction. That is interesting for a restaurant. Yeah, and, and, and I think the reason for it being is that control is, is, is a word that I think I use a lot when, you, when you're looking at hobs. And so, say so for example... You know, there's nothing wrong with it with an old school electric hob if that's all that you can get, all you can afford. But the the amount of control you have is really, really small. So I think whether you go induction or whether you go gas, what you need to do when you go into any showroom to look at appliances, if they have working appliances there, just see how much control there is. Um, you know, I, I know from you know lots of television shoes, what happens is they have a really decent hob but then it's controlled off a gas bottle. So you lose a lot of that flexibility. On, on mains gas, you should really see a huge difference from zero to 10, if you like. You know, and, it, and if kind of, if it suddenly goes, yeah, very little, all of a sudden, pretty fierce to really fierce, you're always going to struggle with control. You know, you think when you cook something, if you put a pan on and it gets too hot, you want to be able to turn that down quickly and reduce that heat. Or, and by the same token, if something isn't really cooking away, you need to turn it up. So I think whatever kind of hob you have, control is massive. And that's why I've become really obsessed with induction. You know, you can, whether you're wiggling your finger along a line or round a line or, or some of the industrial ones now, you're still turning a button, which, which I love. So I think that that is really, really important. The control that you have in, in any hob is brilliant. And then the next thing really is extraction. You know, we, we, I hear so many people always say to me, I don't like cooking fish in my house because the whole kitchen stinks afterwards. And of course, the extraction of that is really important. So I suppose almost alongside an appliance and that is when you design your kitchen, think about where you're getting any fresh air from. If you, if you have a kitchen with no windows, you're always going to have a problem. And look and see, is there a way you can get fresh air in as well? And um, again, from an industrial point of view, we don't have to work on an, on an input and output of fresh air. So there has to be a fan that brings fresh air in and a fan that takes hot air out. So if you kind of think of that as a basic principle, then then that's good. So I'm sure you've seen all those kind of little pretty extraction fans that look very pretty. They look like a little spaceship hanging above you. So if you're asking an awful lot of an extraction van to take out the heat of frying a piece of fish or a piece of meat, to take the smell and anything else out out of there. So make sure you've got good extraction uh, is really important. And I don't know if you've seen, um, there's a lot now, there's a lot of modern extraction that's actually sitting alongside hobs. And I'm quite- Yeah, I'm, the extractor hobs. Yeah, and I'm quite, I'm quite a fan of those, you know, where they're kind of, and again, if you put a new kitchen in, quite often they need pipe work that's going underneath the appliances, but it's worth a look at. And they're, they're coming down in price all the time. They were very, very expensive. I've become I've become a bit of a fan of those. They're, they're looking quite good. There's a load of load of companies are making those now. I would say some of the biggest topics that I come across in uh, appliances all the time is gas versus induction. People are, you know, really interested in whether to go for induction if they're so used to gas. And then now the extractor hobs. And I think hobs is such like a, a interested topic for people out there who are doing their kitchens. Uh, there's so much innovation, but there is a temptation, isn't there, to go all out. As you said, you go into a showroom, you you see lots of different appliances, lots of different brands. Yeah. You mentioned you worked with Hoover. So it can be quite overwhelming and you can actually be, you know, 
you have your list, but then be lured into the the sort of lovely extractors that you mentioned. Um, what do you think? I think the brand thing is interesting. You know, I think that we we do like to be a bit matchy matchy in our in our kitchens, and I think it it from a design perspective, I think having matching brands works. You know, I, I think that you know you you want to look around and see that things go together. You know, unless you want to go completely ramshackle. But, I, you know, I'm looking at my kitchen now and it's all beautiful black gloss, every single appliance. And I, I like the fact that, that, you know, that that's what happens. So I do think maybe do your research before you go and, and just look at what happens. So salesmen are salesmen, you know, and that's their job and they give you great advice. But equally, you need to make sure that you're in control. Let them surprise you with a bit of innovation or a bit of information about a product that, that you maybe didn't know. Um, but yes, yeah, certainly I think that, you know, hop and your attraction, for me, are the two biggest. If you get those right, you'll have a happy kitchen. Yeah, obviously, you know, we all know the things that do need to go in a kitchen. So hob extractor, cooker, oven, you know, fridge, freezer, et cetera, et cetera. But even within those sort of categories, there are so many subcategories and the choice becomes then vast. So thinking of uh, from the perspective of a homeowner who's listening and they're about to plan their new kitchen or thinking about redoing their kitchen, where should you start? What appliances do I really need? Well, OK, appliances is dead simple. You need, you need, you know, we've already said you need a a good hob, you need good extraction. That they're hugely important. You need a decent oven and think about what you, how do you cook? What do you look for in an oven? Do you need one that you can have a temperature differential so that the top half of the oven could be, say, 200 degrees, whereas the bottom is only running at 160 in case you want to cook two things at the same time? Um, do you want to go down a route of being very healthy? So, you know what, I would quite like to have a steam oven, which is becoming more and more popular. What functions do I need in that oven? Do I need to be able to control it from my phone? Am I the kind of person that will want to kind of turn the oven on when when I'm out at work? Do you need a timer on it? How are you going to clean it? There's an awful lot of kind of tremendous self-clean technology now where, you know, you click a button and it, and it, cleans it for you which is which is a huge innovation and and I like that a lot you know where you're literally pouring a little bit of water into a well into your oven and then you set it on to clean and it cleans it it sets itself onto a cleaning motion uh hydro cleaning where it's it's quite a kind of fierce clean then you need to wipe it out so that that does well almost like as well as the cooking side what do you need to do what about a grill you know do you need your grill to kind of be visible all the time do you want a really powerful grill and again you know it, it comes on to the to, to the fuel that you want to use um do you need a warming drawer which is a, i think is quite a, a good thing to have these days you know where you can cook something and then keep keep it warm you don't necessarily need to cook it up further but you know you're if you if you're used to cooking for a lot of people then if you have something that will hold something at a temperature that that's a that's a really really useful thing to have so Again, you know, your oven, and where do you want it? You know, do you want your oven underneath the hob? Do you like it to be an eye-level oven, which I've now become sort of quite hooked on? I was sort of being a chef that, you know, I've always liked having hob on top, oven underneath. But now on the other way, I quite like my oven being uh, wall-mounted now. Because aside from anything else, if I'm on the hob, I'm not getting I'm not getting a load of heat from the oven. You know, on a, on a hot summer's day, when you're standing at a hob with an oven underneath, then you're getting a load of heat on your legs, 
Whereas if you've got it wall mounted, then you can kind of, you know, you're away from that heat and you can have a little look into the oven without having to bend down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So those things are really, really important. And then obviously then the only other thing you genuinely need in your in your kitchen um, is a fridge. And again, what, what do you want from your fridge? I mean, I've, I've got a beautiful big American style fridge. I think, you know, we, we use our fridges so much more these days. So think about capacity. Um, you know, are you designing your kitchen so you want everything that's concealed behind cabinets? I mean, I, 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 I kind of get it all of the kind of hidden stuff. I, I like a big fridge because I have a, because everything I do is pretty much fresh. So the bigger the fridge for me, the better. But that depends on the layout of your kitchen. You know, if you can, I would always want a big fridge with a, with a good freezer as well. And, you know, all the freezers these days are frost free. Most of the fridges are kind of, you know, you, you don't really get kind of ice spots on them. So, yeah, and again, within your fridge, what do you need? You know, do you need a crisper drawer? Do you need loads of drawers that you can do it? Do you have lots of bottles? Do you want to store plenty of champagne in your fridge? Like, obviously, I do, obviously. Um, <laughs> you know, or, you know, what, what about, you know, what do you do with dairy? How do you lay out your fridge? So you almost, I think almost before you even think about the appliances that you want, look at what you have. You know, if you're at the situation, I think, right, I'm going to redo the kitchen. Look at what you cook. Look at what you store. Look at what you have in your cupboards and think, okay, does this work for me? What do I lack here? What's always a pain in the backside? You know, when I do, if I do a big weekly shop, am I struggling for fridge space? So I end up cramming things in, forgetting I've got them, and then they get thrown away. So, you know, just think about those things. I often hear people talk about, oh, I need an oven or I need a fridge to fit the Christmas turkey in. <laughs> and that, that you think, oh, that's only once a year. What about the rest of the time? Um, but I guess, you know, if you are hosting and you like to entertain, that's something that you need to think about as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. M- massive. And again, you know, that's exactly what, you know, what I just said in terms of, you know, think about how you how you entertain. How do you live your life? And yeah, if you do a lot of entertaining, maybe you need a double oven. You know, maybe you need you need two of them side by side. Um, it looks beautiful as well. You know, you get a great aesthetic from doing that. Um, so the, again, it's all about think about what you do before you buy something and then regret it at your leisure. Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts on a bank of appliances? You know, like a whole wall with multiple ovens and coffee machines and microwave and all the rest of it. Okay. So um, coffee machines, I would. I don't think I'd ever put a coffee machine in my kitchen. I think there are, I, I'm willing to be proved wrong, but in my experience, I think that everyone I know that has ever put one in has always said, they're never quite hot enough. They're never quite the brilliant coffee. You know, you want it to be as if you're in Italy and you stop by a nice little espresso bar and you're the, you're the tremendous barista and you're making them for your friends, but they don't really do that. They don't really have the capacity to do it. And they're, they're very expensive. I think you could, I think a freestanding coffee machine, that's what you want, is better than having one in your bank of appliances. Uh, microwaves, I don't really use microwaves, but again, you know, I know when my, when my kids were tiny, then we would use one quite a lot, you know, to kind of reheat stuff. Um, and if you use one, then yeah, I, I think, having that as a bank of appliances does look great you know coming back to that aesthetic again and also it keeps your work surfaces clear so you know if you've got things that can be built in then they're brilliant equally look at your ovens quite a lot of ovens these days you'll also get a microwave facility on them Mm, yeah those multifunctional appliances there's so many of those around now now i'm really interested because obviously you're a chef and you have been for many years um what 
you've already mentioned what you have in your kitchen and you've got a galley style layout with an island and lots of professional kitchen have that sort of galley layout for practicality. It's super, super practical. Um, but what have you learned over the years from a kitchen design perspective that works really well in a professional kitchen that you can replicate at home? Um, it's about movement, really. Um, so you you need to be able to cook something, turn around and serve it. The way that we work from a professional kitchen is that you can pretty much stand still and run a section. That that's kind of the way that it works. So if you've got if you've got your if you're working on 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 the pans, if you're working on a hob, then you need to be able to turn around or turn to the side, plate that food up and put it on the pass. And that is a really efficient way of doing it. And every kitchen that we design commercially has to kind of fulfill that so that you you don't want to be cooking something and you go, right, okay, now I've got to walk 10 feet down there to get something else to do that, to blah, 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 blah. So it's about movement. And, and my kitchen at home, so my central island is, so I'm sitting at that now, and then my, my hob is to the left of me, and so is my stove. So if I get something out of the stove, I can literally reach and put it on the central island to, to serve it. If I'm at the stove, I can turn around, put it on the central island and serve it. The furthest distance I have is to go to the fridge, which is, I'd say, 10 feet at an absolute push. Um, because it's very rare I'm going to need to go fridge to oven to cooker straight away. And in between the oven and the fridge, then I've got a load of cupboards, which again, so there's an efficiency on it. And then underneath the hob, I've got drawers with loads of utensils and, and kit in them. So so that movement is is a big thing. It, in one of the other houses I used to live in, we we inherited um, a very badly designed galley kitchen. Um, and it had, it had appliances on both sides, covers on both sides. So only really one person could work in there. So if you came around to, you know, for me to cook you dinner, so I might be down at the sink and then I'd be cooking and then I'd have to back you out of the kitchen if I needed to go get something out of the fridge because there wasn't enough space. So that's another thing, you know, how do you move people around? And I think that, I think in my house now, I think quite often people would have put units on both sides of what is fundamentally a galley kitchen. And I deliberately shied away from that so that I have them on one side. So I have plenty of space for, for people to move around and for people to be in there because I entertain a lot. Yeah. And at the end of the day, yes, we need the appliances, of course, as a key part of the kitchen, but you still need to be able to use the kitchen socially and, you know, for day to day, whether you're working from home even. Yeah, completely. And I, and I think the other thing, the, one of the worst things is, you know, even even if you have a, a well-designed kitchen, if your kitchen leaves you stuck away from your guests, you miss out on half the fun, don't you? You know, that you're you're there slaving away in the kitchen and all you can hear is everybody popping corks, opening bottles and having a laugh. And go, God, what am I doing here? I'm just I'm just standing in the kitchen away from it. Whereas again, that whole thing I was saying about like by just having appliances on one side. I've also got a little sofa down the bottom end of my kitchen. So it's an incredibly social place to be. And also people hang around the central island and drink and, and watch me cook like I'm some kind of performing monkey. <laughs> it sounds good. It sounds lovely. Now, going back to the stage of like designing a kitchen, obviously a good kitchen designer, when you go into the showroom, will be able to help you narrow down your search based on, you know, all of these things that you've thought about your space, your cooking preference, you know, your general style and how you want to feel in the space. But 
it can be tempting to be lured into all the fancy gadgets, you know, whether that's a wine wine chiller or, you know, whatever. There's so many innovations, as I mentioned earlier. What are you, What's your tip to anyone listening to sort of stick to their guns um, and not sort of be lured into then end up with a, a kitchen that maybe is crammed with appliances that you actually don't need? Do your research, first of all. Um, decide what you need from your kitchen. But I think I think also, I do think going with an open mind. I was always a little bit adverse to having a, a wine chiller. Um, and in our previous house, we had a wine chiller and we, we did actually use it. And I, I think we ended up, ended up using it um, aesthetically almost, you know, because it, it did look really, really beautiful. But yeah, if you don't drink a lot of wine, then it's a, it's a complete not a waste of time. Um but I think go there and say, right, okay, I know I want this kind of cooker. I know I need things like I need six rings on my hob because I do a lot of cooking or it's four enough. I don't have enough space for six, therefore I need four. Um, I need to make sure that the extraction is good because I know that I don't have a great deal of fresh air that comes into the kitchen. My fridge, every single time I do my weekly shop, then the fridge is kind of tiny. So I know I need to have a big fridge or equally, I know I want everything to be below the counter. So therefore, I know I need to have integrated appliances. So therefore, what can I get? How, how many appliances can I fit in there? Will that satisfy the needs that I've got? Uh, and the other, where do I want it? Do I want the oven underneath the hob? Do I want the oven on the wall? So it, it, it is so much about, about planning. And I, I think also, go in with a load of photographs of your kitchen. You know, So when you're there and you get carried away in these amazing kind of like setups, and you go, yeah, you know what? That's beautiful, but that won't work for me. And yeah, I know what you're saying. Don't have any cupboards on the wall, but I don't have enough space. I don't have any cupboards. Where am I going to put X, Y, Z? And, you know, so I do think you need to constantly remember your own space. You know, don't go go in there and go, can we fit that in our kitchen? Measure your kitchen before you go. Take loads of pictures and, and really, really go in armed with as much information about where you are as you possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. One of the ones that often comes up for me when I'm talking to people is warming drawers. And you mentioned warming drawers earlier. Um, and I get I get the impression that you are in favour of a warming drawer, but people often don't know whether that's just a bit of a superfluous addition or whether it's actually useful. Um, so what, what are your thoughts? Can you use a warming drawer for more than just sort of warming your plates up? I think that's the main worry people yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, but I do think it's really useful warming your plates up because nobody really likes food served on, on cold plates. Um, I know my mum in in her kitchen, which she had put in goodness knows how many years ago. She warms plates on the radiators, so she kind of she'll <laughs> she'll prop them up, and I really like it. It's kind of it's really quite every time I go around to my mum's for for something to eat. Does she have to then turn them periodically to make sure they're exactly warm all the way around? Exactly <laughs> that. Um, so you know that's the way she. So warmer drawers are good for that, but they're, they're good for holding things. Uh, I mean, for example, on Sunday brunch. We have warming drawers on the ovens there and they are really, really useful. So things that you've cooked and you want to keep warm, then they are really, really brilliant. And things like, say if you've got um, a warm dessert, then, you know, you can then get on with your kind of with your main course with your guests and then just have the, the, the dessert that's already cooked and just holding it at a low temperature without it cooking on. I, I, I am a big, big fan of them, I've got to be honest. Interesting. I have heard people use them as a slow cooker as well, which was news to me. I tell you when I heard that, but I thought it was a great <laughs> idea. Now, what do you think realistically people could probably do without? Is there anything? 
that people could probably do without in a really functional kitchen. Ah, I, I mean, that list is endless, really. You know, we've gone through what you what you absolutely need. After that, it really does come down to, well, what do I want, I think? You know, we've already said, you don't need a coffee machine. Um, you don't really need a wine fridge unless you drink a load of wine. You know, there, there, there are so many things. I, I think that there are so many gadgets out there. Um, and... I, you know, steam ovens are really, really popular at the moment. And I, I, I think that they're a really good function. But unless you're going to use it, then you're spending money that you could maybe spend um, elsewhere. Um, so I, I, I think it's, I think stick to your guns is the first thing and stick to your budget. After that, then, you know, you are really just kind of going on on kind of things that you that you like the idea i suppose it's things like you know other gadgets like I, i've got um i've got one of those hot water cold water sparkling water tap and i love it i, I use it all the time but it is a luxury you know if I, if I didn't have it it wouldn't really it wouldn't really hamper what i do but i'm glad i've got it because it, it's my little indulgence you know I, I kind of decided i wanted one i do like having kind of you know fresh filtered water and it just filtered sparkling water but i don't need it but you love it, and that's it, exactly. uh, that goes that's, that's down it. to the love of your kitchen. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything you've got your eye on? I mean, like we say, there's so much innovation all the time. You know, there's high tech. You know, Wi-Fi connected appliances. You know, extractors that talk to the hob and vice versa. There's so much clever tech out there now. Is there anything that you've got your eye on that you want for your kitchen? Well, you see, all of my appliances are very high on tech, but because I'm a 58 year old luddite then uh, all of that escapes me. So, uh, but it, but I think that all of those things are, are the future. You know, I really think they are. I think, you know, you look at um, ovens that will, t- I think one of the good things to have as well, if you're not a particularly confident cook, this isn't something I've particularly got my eye on, but I think it's a bit of innovation that is really good, are ones that help you cook, ones that have, have apps that will tell you when things are ready, you know, because I think we're all a little bit scared of that. So I think, I think looking at the technology that is in there is, is, is really, really fantastic. And, and I do think, yeah. And I, and I do think that, you know, having, having appliances that you can, that you control before you're, you're even home, I think is, is a really, really good thing too. But in terms of tech that, that I would like, you know, I'm, I'm quite happy with where I am. I think the only thing that I would probably change at some point, we talked about bank of appliances before. I would probably stick another oven in in my kitchen. I think that would be the next thing I do. How many ovens have you got in your kitchen of interest? Just one, but I think, you know, there are times when I think I would like, because there's a cupboard above my oven. And every time I'm in here, I think, oh, you know what, that would look really nice as a second oven. So that that is really the only thing I would say that I do. But that that's really more about kind of, you know, I, I have more than enough capacity with what I do. But as a chef, you can never have too much. Also, I do a lot of I do a lot of development work from home these days. Um, and so there are times when I, I do have a bit of a cue for my oven. So a second oven would help me. Well, I guess, you know, I've heard people say they have two dishwashers, which I am all for, you wow. know, have one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you've got the space and you, you know, you know, you're going to use it, why not? Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, I think the thing is with dishwashers, the, uh, the mechanics of them get better. And I think the quick cycles have been an absolute godsend. You, know, you sort of think on an industrial level, then we have four minute cycles. Um, and my dishwasher uh, it will do a 29 minute cycle, which is just brilliant. You know, I'm, I'm more than happy with that. You sort of think my first dishwasher I had, I think the quickest was about an hour and a half. Yeah. What, four minutes? That's the that's the going uh, level of time in a professional kitchen. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow, that is yeah, quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you think, that, you know, the well, you know, in our busiest restaurant, we can do over a thousand covers um, on, on a Saturday. So you've got to get those pots through quickly. Amazing. So to round off, I guess for anyone who is there listening, who is taking on a kitchen project in the next few months and they want to get to the end of their kitchen, walk in and be like, yes, I've made all of the right decisions about what appliances I need. Uh, I've taken on board all the tips that I've heard. So what's, what is your ultimate top tip that people should remember from this? Um, don't forget lighting. I think is actually the one thing that we haven't covered, which I think is a really important thing. Um, I, again, I, I've had so many kitchens that I've, that I've had in various houses I've lived in, and I haven't thought about the lighting until everything's in. I think one of the best things you can do is have lighting running. If you've got um, cupboards on the, on the wall, having lighting under there so you're illuminating your work surfaces is a really important thing to do. And equally, I think that track lighting in your kitchen is good as well. So you can angle things to areas that maybe are a little bit dark. So that, I think, is a really important thing. But in terms of things that we've talked about, I think it's it's like any project you take on in your house is research and preparation is the thing. So make sure that you're in control. Don't be talked into something that, with the best will of the world, that the salesman is wanting to sell you, but also saying, okay, well, you don't seem to know what you want. This is a solution that we've used in the past. Make sure that you go in there with an idea as to how that solution should be for you and then have that discussion from you being in a position of strength and on your front foot. Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, you know, don't be so rigid. You know, if there is something that you didn't know about when you go into the showroom, you know, you might actually, it might be great for you, but stick to your guns as much as possible. Absolutely. Now, I have to ask you, now you did talk about your kitchen earlier um, and the appliances you've had, uh, you've got in there. But if you are doing your kitchen again, what's the first thing you're going to cook in your new kitchen? Oh, I definitely cook fish because I cook fish all the time. So I think I'd get myself a really nice bit of sea bass and I'd pan fry the sea bass so it's nice and crispy on one side. And then in the other pan, uh, I'm going to cook some pui lentils uh, with some peppers, some onions, nice little bit of chilli, put some chicken stock in there, massive squeeze of lemon juice, loads of parsley, loads of mint, and then just at the end, a little spoonful of curry powder, uh, and then serve the sea bass on top of the lentils, a little bit of yoghurt, squeeze of lime juice, heaven. Oh, can I come over? Sure, I'm just starting it now. Well, Simon, thank you. That sounds delicious. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you for taking the time to chat. Uh, loads and loads and loads of tips in there. I'm sure everyone listening is going to um, have made lots of notes. I'm sure I have. And I now fancy that um, sea bass for my lunch, I think. That sounds delicious. <laughs> so thank you again. Um, and I'll chat to you again soon. Bye-bye. Brilliant. Thanks a lot. Great chatting to Simon there. Thank you to him for sharing his appliance know-how and letting us into some of the tips and tricks he's picked up from working in kitchens as a chef for so many years. As he said, it's all about what you need to cook or what you like to cook and the dishes you want to make and how your appliances can help take those dishes to the next level and help you live the sort of lifestyle that you want to live in your kitchen. Um, And as well, things like how often you do the food shop think about that sort of thing in in terms of what fridge you need what size fridge you need and of course your kitchen design and the space you have available come into your appliance choice too the hob and extraction were key to simon as he said and i was really interested to hear he's a convert to induction hobs not gas 
If you're not sure on gas or induction for your own kitchen or weighing up the two options, there is in fact a whole episode on that back in series one. So if you have missed that and want to know the pros and cons of gas and induction, do skip back and have a listen to that one. As I said, it's back in series one. Don't forget for now to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. That way you'll get notified when a new episode lands and it'll help others find it too. As always, you can get in touch with me via hello at these three rooms.com. I'm going to be back next week and once again joined by Georgina from Team KBB magazine. And we found out the questions that kitchen and bathroom designers get asked most frequently and have the answers to them too. So don't miss that one. For now, thank you as always for listening. Join me next time for more of How to Buy a Kitchen or Bathroom, the podcast. Talk to you soon. Thank you.